What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Lockdown Nuggets podcast, part of the Lockdown NBA Network. I'm your host, Adam Mines from DNBR. I'm joined today by our draft experts. He's going to walk us through the draft, and not just the draft. He's going to walk us through this draft, the next couple, and just the nature of how some of these things are changing with regards to how high school hoops are becoming more and more important. She is a draft expert, also writes for Yahoo Sports. It's Kristen P. Kristen! Thank you so much for sitting down with me and uh, spending some time to talk about the draft. Uh, anytime. Listen, I have been covering this class way too long. <laughs> it's going to be 146 days from when the draft should have been to November 18th. So whatever questions you have on Nuggets targets, bring it on. I got it. So I, that's actually a question is, for me, psychologically, you turn things over at the draft to the next year. It's like, okay, we're going to this next year. Is it for you? Does it feel like that where you haven't looked forward or you can't look forward? You're just kind of sitting on this one like in limp, like Groundhog Day for eight months on the same draft. Does it feel like it, that to you? It totally does. And it's like the basketball universe is playing a joke on me because <laughs> going looking at this college basketball year, it was a not so great college basketball year. Right, I watched right. a lot of bad basketball. Yeah. And then they and then the basketball gods take away an NCAA tournament. And then we have no basketball for a couple months. And then they're like, here, Kristen, here's a draft class that you're not super high on. You have to find a way to cover it for seven months. Oh, my Thank God. <laughs> I know if this could have happened like next year or something. Next year not... would have been a dream. Next year would have <laughs> been a dream. I would have gladly covered the 2021 draft class for seven months. <laughs> I keep hearing from people <clears throat> that this draft doesn't have maybe some of the personalities and some of the top end, but that there's like a lot of just good players. So yep. maybe it's like not so interesting, but from, I don't want to say interesting, but just, you know, there's sometimes flashy personalities or guys who have been on people's radar for five years that, you know, maybe are more exciting. And it seems like the defining trait if we just talk about basketball for this one is that there's a lot of role players in it. There is. And that's the kind of consensus when I talk to uh, the scouts around the league is they don't hate this draft class. They're actually kind of excited about it because they do see those role players that can come in and be around for a while. But you're right. There is no star quality. So when you're looking at the top tier guys like LaMelo, James, White, LaMelo yeah. Ball, James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, you're, there's a lot of question marks. So if I'm the Timberwolves, or the Warriors, I want nothing to do with those two picks <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, let me trade down for a Tyrese Halliburton who I know will be a decent pro or a Yeko Kongwu. Right. Like, please, that's what I want. It really does remind you of that Anthony Bennett draft where he came out of nowhere to be number one, but it wasn't that surprising because people were like, I don't know who number one. And it turned out, I think Victor Oladipo was the, one of the guys that people thought might be number one, who's a really good player. And maybe that's a good way to calibrate the brain this year is usually the number one pick you're hoping it's LeBron James or you know some generational or guy that's going to carry organization and Oladipo is really good it's just maybe not that good that you're and you know who everything. you know who his comp is in this draft class who Anthony Edwards really the Victor oh I think I've heard comp. that yep. yeah <laughs> and yeah and he's up there right he's 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 one of the top three I think like consensus pretty much I guess there's no consensus but one of the guys they're talking about that high no yeah, no, he is. After his uh, pro day on ESPN, that uh, clutch just, you know, that is right, such right. a uh, Rich Paul move. Like, yeah. let me sell my pro day to ESPN. But after that, he shot up in terms of the betting odds to be the number one player in the draft. Wow. 
what do you, I don't know if you got, if you don't want to go here, this is fine. I just popped into my head, but what do you make of the, it just seems like clutch in that, that style of it. <laughs> Am I going into murky waters? I just wonder like what the influence it's had, especially on this draft, like you said, because there's so much, nobody gets to see these guys, at least not to the extent that you usually do. So those types of things become more influential. Right. And it's a big risk, right? Like, so a lot of agents are saying we're not, letting anybody see anything unless it's the team making their one one to ten visits or one or two visits to come see them but rich paul on the other hand he's just like no like tyrese maxey has been a workaholic these past seven months he works out every morning at 5 a.m does two a days he's done at 11 like that's insane his jump shot changed anthony edwards showcased that he is the most athletic player in this draft so for rich paul it's like here's here they are world like here are my two lottery picks and i'm and i'm gonna do it with my cast of characters sitting and watching so everybody can see the empire i've built with lebron james there trey young's there anthony davis there like everyone was there to watch these two new players work out (laughs) yeah that's so crazy do you you so you got your start with rivals and it's really with the high school scene first and now you're doing a lot of you know all of it but i know that they've talked there's been talk about the draft the one and done rule going away, going straight from high school, but even this year where there really wasn't a college season, not like a typical college season. So does it seem like the teams have needed to have their scouting and maybe are putting more emphasis into, into high school scouting and getting scouting reports earlier? Is there a shift there? No, there is and a hundred percent. So, and we saw that during this quarantine time when the Oklahoma city thunder hired my coworker, Corey right. Evans, who is one of the best. And then also the Minnesota Timberwolves hired Josh Gershon from 247 and Scout, who has been part of that team, I think, for like the last 10 years. And he ran the whole West Coast. So we're starting to see that trend. I talk to a lot of teams. I don't talk to every team, but I'm starting to get more phone calls and texts from other teams wanting to talk about next year's draft class and the draft class after that, after this draft is over. So I definitely think it's a trend that's going up. And once that one and done rule is, is over, I mean, maybe I'll take an MBA job. <laughs> Would you like that? I don't know. I, I said, I tell, I tell teams when they ask me, I said, I'm a free agent. I will always have yeah. a conversation right now. I enjoy what I'm doing, but if it was the right fit, then hundred percent. It's funny when I bought my house here in Utah and it was right after Corey and Josh took their jobs at the MBA. I had so many people hit me up like, are you taking a job with the jazz? <laughs> right, <laughs> they, putting the pieces together. Under, yeah. <laughs> they couldn't understand why I would buy a house in Utah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. I can't understand it. No, actually, I like Utah. Utah's beautiful. There are there are brother uh over there. So I want to go. We have a lot of players that I kind of want to go through um and kind of get your thoughts on because um <laughs> I have no idea who the nuggets are gonna take. Usually I have like a tiny idea of like, okay, this is what they're going for. I have heard that a guard or a big, and I think emphasis even on the big might be what Denver's going for, which is interesting because I think people look at what they need and they think wing. That being said, there's so many players in this draft that there's so many moving parts that I feel like you just kind of have to scout the entire draft of a lot of different players. So I have compiled a list here. The first one on my list, Desmond Bain, who... Has, it seems to me like he has some really weird pluses and some really, really big minuses. The minus, I'll just get it out of the, out of the way. He, negative wingspan is like 
such a crazy thing for an NBA player to have, and that's what he's got. But tell me, give me your sort of what you know about him as a person, as a player, and, and as a prospect. Yeah, so Desmond Bain played at TCU. He was a four-year starter. Um, and a lot of people see a four-year player as a negative. But in Desmond's case, like, he's injury-free. Um, mm. He got better each and every year. Yeah. And this year, he was first-team Big 12. Um, he's 6'6", six, six, averaged 16.6 points and 6.4 rebounds. And he kind of does a little bit of everything, right? So he's that guy that you want coming off the bench, that you want learning yeah. behind the other guards and the wings. And the great thing about Dez is he was, wasn't recruited by anybody. He's from Richmond, Indiana. He only had one offer from Ball State before Ryan Miller, uh, NBA player Mike Miller's brother, went to see him play, gave him an offer, gave him an opportunity. And he's blossomed into this great basketball player and, you know, a first round potential draft pick. Wow. He, uh, so you, you've seen him in person. Cause I know this year it's been so crazy. Like have you, were you around him during the season at all or, or recently? I was, no, no, no. I wasn't around him. I've just watched film. Okay. I mean, I have been synergy sports. I am getting like yeah. the most use out of that monthly subscription because right. the amount of college <laughs> basketball yeah. I've watched on yeah. these players. Des, Desmond is just a player that a lot of NBA scouts started, you know, they, they put him on my radar as a player that they're looking at. And when I hear the name over and over and over again, in conjunction with certain teams, then that's when I start to really take a look at him. I'll call all the coaches on his staff. I'll try to get as much information from him as I can. And if this were a non-COVID year, I would try to go right, and right. watch him work out. I just the only reason I asked that is because six six to me I just wonder if that's a six four six six is that a six five six six you know how right. it is especially with these yeah. prospects you just it, it seems like there's a lot of variation. I mean, I asked the coach. I asked one of the assistant coaches that, and he yeah. said he's like a. I said, "What's his comp?" And he said he's like a Danny Green. So okay. Like, okay, I could see that. So yeah, I said a Danny Green who chokes and misses the three when LeBron passes him the ball. Oh. Or the Dana. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, shots fired. Hope, hope Danny Green's not listening. No. <laughs> um, okay, so what What also just kind of like, I, I've heard, he's a high character guy, is that right? I mean, that's yeah. that's one of the things about him. Yeah, he players. tested, so he, he tested the waters between his junior and senior year, and the feedback that he was getting from NBA teams is that he would be a late second round, and the best thing that he should do for himself is to come back and finish his senior year. And that can be like sort of a discouraging thing to hear, especially when you know, okay, now I'm, I'm coming out as a senior. Like, what if I do get hurt? What if right. injury does happen? But thankfully in, in Desmond's case, he, he had a great season. He had a phenomenal game against Baylor and Kansas where he carried that TCU team. You know, when I asked the coaching staff, I was like, why wasn't he on anybody's radar during the season? And one of the coaches said to me, because he played at TCU. Right. He wasn't at Duke. He wasn't at Kentucky. But it kind of worked out for him because the pressure's off. And he was able to showcase who he is as a player without a ton of spotlight on him. TCU seems to me to be one of those schools like a Wichita State or a Butler where they're like the kids that go or even a Villanova a little bit where they develop smart players. I mean, because like, a lot of it is you get a lot of second, third, fourth year guys. And yeah. And so they come out with a pretty solid base. 
Um, Precious Achua is another one. I think Denver has to move up to get him. I think his, he's mocked everywhere going up pretty high, but he seems like a good fit. Tell me about him. So Precious is one of the most athletic players in this draft. Um, at at Memphis, you know, he was going to be kind of second tier to James Wiseman. And then Je- when James Wiseman left after three games, yeah. Precious became number one in the offense. And he is a freak of an athlete, a yeah. freak. Like he is just built his NBA. He has an NBA body ready. He's going to be a productive pro. But the problem is he struggles with shot selection. He worked on yeah. that at Memphis under Mike Miller and Penny. And the, the rule of thumb was for Precious okay, you can take a three, but if you miss your first one, you can't take one the rest of the half. Mm. Because in high school- I don't school, like that rule. That's kind of crazy but, though. No, Gets no, no. But head. for, pre- but for he Precious, he, he needed it because in high school, there was not a shot that he saw that he did not like. And in the McDonald's All-American game, he took 17 shots, which <laughs> like, is insane, especially for an all-star game like that. Um, but I think Precious is more, if, if the Nuggets really want them, they're going to have to trade up to the lottery yeah. for sure. Yeah. Shot selection is such an interesting one because I don't know. That's one of those weird ones to fix because he, if he came to a Denver team, Denver has no shortage of guys that could take shots. There's a lot of, they, scoring is actually not a need for Denver, especially with Michael Porter sort of growing in, into a role. So you need a guy that needs all of those physical tools defensively and all that. But I don't, it's one of those ones where I don't know how you teach a guy to not shoot it. Well, he proved that, I mean, it worked because he still averaged a double-double yeah. at Memphis, but his three-point shot percentage was better, especially mm. in the second half of the season. And as you watched him in games, you saw that, he was a little more fluid in the offense. Now, I don't know how high his basketball IQ is because he's such an athlete. So in terms of coming off pick and roll reads or reading the defense, I think that's something that he's going to have to develop at the next level. So Mike Miller's no longer there, right? He did, he just did the one no. year. Yeah, that's too yeah. bad. I really I always I think I asked you about this last year about Penny and Mike Miller because I always thought that was the coolest coaching duo of like all oh, time. Oh yeah, perhaps. they were like they were every player wanted to go play yeah. for Memphis because Mike Miller was the best recruiter of all time. I I can believe that. I've never heard anybody that doesn't like Mike Miller. Um, He's the best. So tell me about Jaden McDaniels. I actually haven't talked about him on this show very much at all, but I'm, yeah, he's another name I've heard thrown around a little bit. Listen, Jaden has the highest ceiling in this draft. I mean, he's a, I'm so serious. If he, if he turns into the player that any of us think that he could potentially turn into, he's going to be an all-star. Okay. And he's a 6'10 wing guard like two or three guard kind of like a Kevin Durant ish really skinny like really skinny I think he's got a seven two wingspan he didn't he was not productive at Washington he did not do well I don't know if Mm. it was just a bad fit um or what he was struggling with there but in high school we saw him blossom into this player almost overnight where I don't even think he realized how good he was until late into his senior year when he was getting USA basketball invites and making the team so wow. when I talk about Jay McDaniels, he's still very young. He has a lot to of growing up to do in terms of uh, becoming whatever player we hope he's going to become. But his feeling's super high. The negative is if he doesn't reach that, then what is he going to be? Is he going to be? It, I mean, I think his floor is his brother, who is also a pro, who's Jalen McDaniels. Okay. 
Wow. <laughs> That's but Jaden, Jaden is a super quiet kid and it's similar to Bull. Bull is very quiet. Um, and he, he's one of those guys where he did everything on his own terms. He committed to Washington at midnight on a random <laughs> Thursday without even telling anyone, you know, so he kind of, I got to time you out here. Cause I have to ask, I just saw this for football. I know this isn't in your wheelhouse, but it's kids these days. They're growing up on the internet. They're growing up with all these new tools. I saw this football player that made a five minute video that featured his parents. And it was this like fantasy with like, with like, special effects and that was his way of announcing the list of teams it was to me like i i'm not that old i'm 36 but i am this was one of my most old man moves where i'm just like if this guy this is how he announced he was going to my school i might withdraw the offer and just say man this is insane are we seeing more of this now yes we are it's it's the wave of social media and wow. honestly you know, if, if we go even further back and we look at Mikey Williams with 2.7 million Instagram followers, Bronny James, who has right. three point whatever, if those two don't turn out to be pros, like it's going to be, it's going to be one of, it's going to be the wave of social media in terms yeah. of they were more popular when they were 15 and 16 yeah. and they didn't pan out, you know? So it's kind of one of those things where I'm watching and worrying about it, but yeah. It's all about, it's all about me, me, me. How can I make myself look better right. on every level possible for these kids coming up? The other perspective I hear people say that, and, and I don't, I think that there's a little bit of truth in both perspectives. A lot of people say, oh, the athletes have taken control of their brand or this or that. But the flip side of that is a guy like LaMelo, who maybe doesn't need the NBA to market him the way he can market himself because of what you said. He's so popular already. And he has the platforms that he actually doesn't need the NBA to like pump him up. He can just pump himself. And I think that's a dynamic that we don't know how that is going to affect things. Like we're, it's we're uncharted. Yeah. It's uncharted yeah. waters. And when I went over to Australia and New Zealand to see LaMelo every game in the NBL, which by the way, I went two years prior to see Brian Bowen and Terrence Ferguson play. Nobody was selling out arenas. LaMelo right. sold out every single game he played in. Wow. because of one player and at warm-ups he had to wear headphones because there were multiple kids screaming his name wow. lamello lamello yeah. trying to get autographs his jersey was the number one selling jersey it sold out in every game online everything i mean it's, yeah. an, it's insane that's one player do you think this is a sidetrack but I, it's an interesting one do you think the you know he he and was it rj hampton those, those the two mm -hmm. do you think that that one of the questions when that happened was, okay, is this a new wave? People going away from NCAA and to do other things. The COVID year has made everything crazy, but do you feel like there's still momentum for that to happen? And then we also look at Jalen, is it Jalen Green? Jalen Green, yeah. Jalen Green, do you think so, Yeah, go ahead. There is a wave, and thankfully the G League has now made a path for these guys right. um, that don't have to go all the way to Australia to play, and they can just go to Northern California and be in the G League for – six or seven months. So I think the G league wave, if, if they, if the G league shows that this can be successful for top guys like Jalen green, John Kaminga, who's a top five draft pick, uh, Dacian Nix, who's a five-star point guard and Isaiah Todd, who's a five-star uh, center. If they can make it so that that shows other young five-star high profile prospects, that this is a lucrative way to get to the NBA. 
they're going to be successful and then they won't need to go to Australia. They'll just go to the G League. (laughs) But it is a new trend. We are seeing more and more of it. Yes. I I wouldn't mind it. I mean, I know people like their, I don't really love college basketball. I know people like it, but I don't, I don't know. I, the NBA game, I have all this thing. It's just moved so far away from the college game. I'd rather these guys get prepared to be NBA players, but that's neither here nor there. The next guy on my list, Josh Green, I've heard his name connected a lot to Denver. Um, What can you tell me about him? Josh is, he's originally from Australia. Um, He's a (laughs) 6'6 guard out of Arizona. Um, I've seen him play during this COVID time a few times now um, out in Vegas. And he is the most improved player from college to now. And he's been in the gym every day with top 10 draft prospect Tyrese Halliburton, um, Reggie Perry, who is a late first round, early second round. Um, Malachi Flynn, who is also projected first round, early second round, working day in and day out with these guys. Zaire Williams, who's a five-star recruit, who's at Stanford, who will be a top five, top seven draft pick next year. So, And he's been taking it seriously. He's been really serious about his body. He tore his labrum in his shoulder, and he worked through that all season. And so I think when teams go out to see him after spending six months watching him on film, they're going to be pleasantly surprised at his progress and what he's been able to do in these past six months. So what's interesting to me about that is if a player goes through a whole college season and then enters the draft and somebody tells me like, Oh, they looked great in workouts or he's really improved since the end of the season. I look at that and I go, I don't care because the season matters way more than, Oh, he improved over these last few months. But this, in this case, the season was almost more than half a year ago. And an 18-year-old, a half a year is like a very meaningful amount of time for a player to improve on. So I just it seems like that is an actual important data point, that he has been not just improving, but also with people that other people know, meaning training with people, reputable people that are, you know, there's a reason to believe he really has gotten a lot better. And And I asked the other players that were there training with them, I asked each one of them individually, you know, unprompted, I said, who is the most improved player here from the beginning to now? And all of them said Josh. Wow. Okay. So he's a riser. You had him mocked at 20. So I, I just um, did a, a show of the DNVR Nugget show and talked about how I have heard a little bit about, I mean, you hear everything this time of year, like literally every everything, but I've heard that Denver, they're at least a, a team that could move up in the draft, that that was a thing that, that they had explored. So Josh Green, even though he's going, you have him going a little bit higher, I could see Denver maybe trying to reach for him. I've been, he's been described to me as a longer Gary Harris. So that's fair. And, and the thing with Josh that, that I don't think a lot of people know is that he loves to play defense in his mind, offense starts on defense and he was locking down everyone during two on two, three on three, um, during the workouts. And he told me during college that his main goal, he wanted to be defensive player of the year in the Pac-12. Nice. He's got that so mentality. Definitely, definitely a workhorse. Definitely someone that's going to come in. He might not be productive right away, but Denver, I feel like, likes those guys to give them some room to grow, like Mike Porter and Bull, like we saw. Totally. And I think he could be a good fit. Another interesting one, this one's really interesting to me, is Jalen Smith. Again, if, I, if Denver were to go with a, a big – if, if that's what they were thinking, um, he could be one of the guys at the top of the list. What, tell me about him. Yeah, uh, Jalen Smith, his, his nickname is Sticks. 
because when he <laughs> came into college, he was stupid skinny. He was so okay. skinny. Uh, but then after two years, thankfully, he he filled out. He's now, I think, 230, maybe even more if he got tested in the combine. Um, and it's funny because I was talking to a scout and he said, oh, I'm going down to Maryland practice. I was like, oh, okay, tell me how six looks. And then he calls me afterwards. He's like, uh, six ain't a stick anymore, KT. Wow. And I'm like, really? He grew up. <laughs> he grew up. But he averaged, I think it, uh, it was 15, 15 points and 10 rebounds per game on a tough Maryland team. This is a team where I think they could have made a big run in the tournament. You had Anthony Cowan as a point guard and Jalen Smith. And selfishly, I think, we did like a mock uh, final four show for the tournament. And I had Maryland versus Kansas because I wanted to see the Jalen Smith versus Yudoka Azubuki matchup and Anthony Cowan versus Devon Dotson. And, and afterwards I like, I DM'd a couple of them. I was like, can y'all just play two on two? Like, please, I just want to see this matchup. But Jalen is great. Where he even proved the most is on the pick and pop, which I know okay. Jamal and Jokic love yeah, to run. Yeah. Um, and I think in two or three games, he had five or more threes this okay. past season. So he has definitely improved a lot. And anytime that you see a player improve so much from freshman to sophomore year, it gives a good indication that he hasn't reached his ceiling yet and he can keep climbing. What about strength? Because you said he filled out the body part, but is he, I mean, if he's in the NBA and he's going up against the Derek Favors types, just the big burly guys. How no, he, if you look, if you look at him, he looks like he's got some strength on him. Like he's six yeah. ten, so he's got the height. Um, there wasn't any game that I re- remember watching all those months ago where I thought, "Oh, come on, six, like right, right. a little tougher," you know. So I think I don't think that should be a problem if he showed that he can fill out from one year to the next, you know. Yeah, I always it's funny because there's no way to think about the draft for the Nuggets in this way, but I, I like to think about how people fit with Bull because Bull is so unique that like the fit has to be weird. So I'm always thinking like, okay, if there if you were to fit next to him, you need somebody that has some girth to him, you know, some strength and size because Bull is obviously so skinny. Um, right. And then, well, I'll tell you what. Jalen is not as big or strong as the other two guys you want to talk about. I would put him in the third tier. So I have three more on my list. The next one is Sadiq Bay. Oh um, yeah, no, no, no. Sadiq isn't even a forward. He's a right. three and D guy. Right. Well, let's just get to him, and then we have the last okay. two, I think, here. But Sadiq Bay. Um, Three and D, wing, guard. Yes, wing. Okay, what can you tell me about him? I mean, I thought he was one of the most dynamic players on Villanova this year on a very good Villanova. Um, He is one of those players. He's long enough at six eight and quick enough. Not so much laterally, but he kept players in front that he can guard the one through four. Yeah, and he can knock it down from three. He averaged sixteen points and. 4.7 rebounds per game. His field goal percentage was near 50%, and his three point percentage was 45%. So he's just like Villanova. Villanova just produces solid pros. And and it goes back to the theme of this draft is like, is he going to be a star? No, but he will be a solid role player. (laughs) They do produce all those guys. Is he the best shooter in the draft? No. Who's the best shooter? Uh, Aaron Naismith from Vanderbilt, he averaged 23 points. He shot 
near 50% from three and 55% from the field. And in four more games, he had seven or more threes. In four games, he had seven or more threes. He gets hot. He can get hot and stay hot. Okay. Um, Vernon Carey? Big Vern. Yes. Big Vern. Apparently is not so big anymore. I just saw a picture of him on before, like right after the season up until now. And the, the main knock on Vern coming into high, out of high school into college is he just put on bad weight. Like mm. he would get one injury, kind of like Zion. Zion Williamson was the same right. way. Like he would get hurt and put on 20 pounds. And so that was like a big question mark. Like at one point, he he went back and forth between being the number one player between him and James Wiseman throughout all of high school. So there oh, were wow. sometimes when Vernon Carey was the number one player and sometimes when James Wiseman. And they even had this like amazing game at Peach Jam. I always feel like we talk about Peach Jam. I know, Peach but... Jam, it's the spot. <laughs> it's the spot where they played each other and they battled. And it was like one of the best big battle performances that I've seen. So it's fun for me to see them kind of in the same draft and seeing Vern get the attention that he's finally made. He's lost 30 pounds and put on muscle mass. He looks more lean, but still powerful. I mean, he was the ACC, I think, player of the year this year and he averaged near 18 points and nine rebounds per game um so he was in my book one of the most improved players in college basketball and it was interesting because no one knew what he was going to do at duke and how he would respond to coach k and john shire and he Uh, responded extremely well and just kept rising and rising and his draft i i mean i talked to his scout yesterday and he said Vern's draft is anywhere from 18 to 28 and I'm like, geez. Wow. Yeah, you had him You had him late in the draft. And I'm looking at a picture of him and Jalil Okafor, and he, like, towers over Jalil Okafor. I mean, he's he's a big – he looks like he's – He's really, a big dude. Yeah, he looks like a big guy. You have him as just 6'10". He's a 7-footer for sure. He's a 7-footer. Okay. Solid I think seven he's 7-foot, seven yeah. Wow, he does look like a big guy. Um, <laughs> I guess, again, that's weird. Again, talking about just the bowl fit, because I don't even know – I mean, Denver very well could end up trading bowls. This offseason, who knows if they if they would probably have to if they were going to go after somebody like Drew Holiday. But it is right. fun to always think about to have a, a seven two outside player and a seven foot inside <laughs> player. I just I always loved that pairing. Um, all right, the last one on my list here is Isaiah Stewart, who's another name. This is a name that's kind of been popping up lately. I feel uh, I've been hearing his name more and more. What, what what can you tell me about him? So Isaiah is built like a brick. Seriously. Uh, 6'10", I don't know how much he weighs now. It, it says 250 from his season. Um, he wasn't very showy and productive in the Pac-12 as I had hoped he would be. I thought he'd be a little bit more dominant and we'd be talking to him as a top 10 prospect come this, or actually come June, pre-COVID. Uh, yeah. But he still averaged 17 points, 8.8 rebounds per game at Washington. Washington was horrible this year. I wouldn't be surprised if nobody knew who he was because nobody's watching that team at all. But I can tell you what, my favorite story about Isaiah, first of all, great kid, great locker room guy, no problem at all, loves to joke around, tell jokes, always has a smile on his face, is a hard worker, so hard in fact that at a McDonald's All-American practice where all the NBA scouts are there watching, they, uh, they, there was a loose ball going out of the sideline and Isaiah Stewart is running full strength and there's about six scouts sitting there and they see this six ten brick wall coming towards them. And Isaiah's just like diving for the ball 
And I've never seen like six grown men scatter so quickly <laughs> in my life. They're just about to get. He's a unit, man. I'm looking at the pictures of him right now. Just absolute unit. I mean, he's got some guns on him and some shoulders. He's, yeah, he, defensively, he is a force in the lane. Um, offensively, he has a decent mid-range game and obviously a more old-school back-to-basket game. He needs to extend his, his shot if he wants to be productive at the NBA level. But hopefully with this break, that's something that he's been working on. What about rebounding? Rebounding, no doubt. Like he, He's going to work hard on both ends of the floor. If he's in that little – if he's near the basket, he's going to go after the ball. Yeah, he's a he. He really looks like a beast. So if we look at these bigs, Big Vern, I'm just gonna call him Big Vern now. That's what you called him, so I'm, I'm sticking with it. Big Vern, yes. Isaiah, and Jalen Smith, and Precious Achua. Let's throw them all in there. Kind of tell me which ones are the more traditional fives. You know, they're gonna be inside without the versatility, the least versatile bigs, I guess I would say. Isaiah Stewart and Big Vern are okay. two for sure. You got to have some spacing around those guys because they're not providing any. Yeah. Okay. What about the most um, able to move their feet along the perimeter defensively? Defensively, Precious. Precious is a, he is a beast on defense and he doesn't want anybody to get by him. I mean, I can remember like, again, back to McDonald's All-American game, there were times where he would challenge some of the point guards. Like he would, he wanted to go against Anthony Edwards because or in Cole Anthony because he wanted to see if he could stop them on the one-on-one drills. I like that. Yeah, takes it takes pride. And it sounds like uh, Josh Green is kind of the same personality. Yep. Precious and Josh Green both like taking pride in that. That's why those two to me are probably at the top um, of guys I could just kind of see uh, Denver taking or going after. And then some of these other guys later in the draft, of course. But I don't know. Defense makes sense. Hard work. I think Malone wants one of these guys. He needs, he wants these guys on the team. They got so much offense uh, around them. So I don't know. It'll be, it'll be really, really intriguing to see how this, this draft shakes out before we get out though. I do want to ask you, you got just a couple more minutes here before. Oh yeah. Okay. I want to ask you about the upcoming draft, but also about um, bowl. Cause I know you, Michael Porter and bowl are, you know, you've been close to those guys and you followed their career and kept up with them. First of all, what did you think of bowl when you watched him this year? And <laughs> he was like one of the, I mean, this was a fun year for the nuggets, but him, his little run he had in the seeding round in the preseason was one of the most fun parts. It was, and it was, I, it was one of those moments where I was like, finally, like finally people are seeing yeah. what we saw of him as a high school player. And he's getting some vindication for going 44. Right. You know, and he's showing every other team that passed on him. Look what I can do. Look what I can be as a pro. Like, look what you missed out on. And I was so happy for him. And it was so much fun to watch. And I was so happy to see it with the Nuggets. So I'm a little with him. It's a little bit of a he got a tough break in that he didn't get his offseason. Right. This was supposed to be his offseason and go in. And I just look at that and I go, he, I'm glad he got to show out in the in the bubble. Usually you would get a summer league and maybe it would have had a similar thing, although I think it was even more meaningful that he got to do it against mm-hmm. actual NBA players. But I also wonder about if you're Denver, you have a very talented team. Cracking the rotation would have been hard even with an offseason. But now I look at it and go, wow, what did he have, six weeks of training? And now, and now it's time to get back. Have you, you know, is, is there any, have you talked to him? Do you know how he spent his offseason or where he's trained or any of that? And, and just what do you think, what do you project for him for this season coming up? I mean, I, I didn't, I haven't spoken to him other than just like a couple DMs when I saw that he was uh, in Los Angeles hanging out with Sharif 
O'Neill, who's yeah. really close with. His buddy. Um, but what I project for him is bowl someone like he's not, he's not looking to be the guy yet. And he's still so young. Yeah. And I think for him, he's just kind of looking for the opportunity to continue to get better. Yeah. You know, and, and I, we've talked about this before when we talked about bowl last year, when I was like, let me tell you everything yeah. about this kid. But when he told me at the draft, the day before the draft, he said, KP, it took me hurting my foot and missing all those games to really realize how much I missed the game basketball. He said, yeah. I've never had that my entire career. I've always just been good at basketball. It was something my dad did. And it took that time away to know that I really missed it. And then when he, he fell, what he said to me, he's like, that was the most humbling thing I've ever been through. And I just now do, need to work mm. twice as hard to try to show people that I am deserving of this and I deserve to be here. There were a lot of people that talked about, I mean, this is why you were, people don't remember last year, Kristen reached out to me saying she wanted to talk about bowl because she's like, I feel like he's getting a bad rap. People are talking about bad attitude bad and rep. lazy and this and that. Yep. And I can say that the Nuggets have uh, mirrored what you said. I mean, that, oh, it, number one, I told, I've told people on the show a lot that I've heard that he's really smart, which I think, you know, he's so shy that maybe sometimes shy people don't come off as smart because they're not very vocal or this or that. But I've heard that he's incredibly bright in terms of basketball smart, just picks He's a sponge. Every that I think that's actually the phrasing they use is that he's just like constantly absorbing information. And it's, you know, not every player's like that. And then that his teammates have really enjoyed him, which is another thing. And anytime you're, you know, he was young at heart, right? He's got the Squidward tattoo on his head. Right. Anytime you, you put a young at heart player into a man's league where you're with 30 year olds and 35 year olds, you never know how that's going to work. But apparently the teammates really enjoyed him. And so to me, that was, I, I think he landed, I know I'm biased in saying this. I think he landed in a really, really good spot for his own first year development. He did. And that's why like when I saw all the reports coming out on bowl after draft, I was like, people need to know who this kid is for real, right. you know, and not just believe the reports that someone's writing about that has never seen him play, who has never spent any time with him, you know, and doesn't know what he's about. So yeah. I'm happy for him. Let's 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 fast forward two weeks now, and you get to think about the next draft, the 2021 <laughs> class. So you get to put your mind here. <laughs> um, is it? good because it's top heavy or is it good because there's just so many good players in it so many good players it's going to be a very deep very talented draft class from pick number one to i think all the way to late first round early second round who is pick number one next year is it kate cunningham it's either kate cunningham or jalen green and kate cunningham's at oklahoma state he's a right. six eight point guard can do everything score at all three levels and Jalen Green is a super bouncy, I, I'm going to say this, Kobe-ish really? player. Yeah. Wow. Um, where, you know, he, he's, he's a workhorse. Like, people tell him that his three-point shooting is his weakness, and he'll come out the next three games and have seven or eight threes. Okay. So he's one of those type of players, just a dog mentality. Huh. Um, and then further down, you know, we got John Kaminga, who's also at the G League. He reclassed. And joined the G League. He was the number one junior in in high school. Um, and oh, this is a fun throwback uh, Denver Nuggets fact. He, his cousin is Emmanuel Moutier. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good fact. I think everybody I, no, just no, said, no, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, well, no, no, no. Not in that, not in that way, but I know, sure, sure, I know sure. E-Man used to play for the Nuggets, so. Yeah. Um, and then further down, God, I could go on and on. You've got Scotty Barnes, who at Florida State, who he's 6'8", and Leonard Hamilton said he's going to be playing point guard. Okay, wow. Because he was not a point guard. He played yeah. at Mount Bird alongside Cade. He was not a point guard. Um, so I'm interested to see what he's going to do. Uh, Greg Brown at Texas looks like a monster. Zaire Williams, who's at Stanford, is very like a finesse sort of player. And then Kentucky always has guys. You got BJ Boston, Terrence Clark. What do you What do you predict I mean, for NCAA basketball this year? I mean, are, are they going to pull off a season? I mean, how's it going to look? They are. I think it's going to be it's going to be similar to what we're seeing college football do, where everybody gets tested on Monday, and if they have five players that can play, they're going to Wow. try to play um yeah. and they're just gonna try to be safe about it um all the schedules came out today um so i think games start literally like a week after the draft so wow. my life is about to get you're gonna get crazy, crazy. yeah <laughs> yeah but i'm excited i think i honestly if you're an nba fan i think you should be really excited about this college basketball season because the one and done class yeah. is so talented and there's a lot of different guys to kind of lock in on yeah, uh, where are the teams? Are they, are they overloaded? Are are these guys going to the same schools? Where who's who's going to be the teams to watch? So Kentucky for sure has a very good uh, recruiting. I don't know. And then <laughs> oh, this kind of is a shocker. North Carolina bounced back. They had the number one recruiting class coming in, okay. um, and they were horrible last year. Okay, they, it was the worst team in Roy Williams history last year. So to bounce wow. back and have the number one team, Tennessee has a pretty strong backcourt coming in. Um, and then Arizona State has like oh, wow. Marvin, Marvin Bagley's brother, Marcus Bagley, is oh, wow. playing there, and he's going to be awesome. I think he's going to be a better pro than Marvin. Wow, um, really? I like my not yeah. selling my Marvin Bagley stock. Or I guess I should say I'm buying low. I'm buying low. <laughs> Very <laughs> and low. Then, um, and then they've got they've got Josh Christopher, who's a projected lottery pick next year. So if you're looking at the Pac-12, Arizona State is one to watch, and USC as well, who has Evan Mobley who's a projected top five pick, like a seven foot do it all type of player. Okay. Um, after that, I know it gets harder, the further back you go, but I keep hearing names as well, even beyond that and money, money Bates, of course, everybody knows, but I'm you start hearing like the Chet Holmgrens. I know there's this guy yeah. I've never, so I haven't until a month ago, I had never heard of this Victor W the seven foot three. I mean, he's like a bowl bowl type, but I hear that he's the best of that mold. Like Porzingis all I hear he's an insane, but he's, I think three years out. Um, yeah kind of give me the little rundown I mean are there you is it just next year or is it the year after as well that you think is going to be just a great draft so the the year after is just okay if we're okay. being honest it's very top heavy like you've got Chet Holgram yeah. you've got Jane Hardy who is the top scorer in America he's insane um and then you got a kid Peyton Watson Paolo Ventura who's going to Duke and then Patrick Baldwin Jr Okay. That's all you need to know two years from now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll then, see what happens, who emerges. And then yeah. the year after that is the Amani Bates draft. Oh, he's that far down. I didn't realize he was yeah. three years out. Okay. Yeah. So he's three years out for the NBA. And everybody saw when he committed to Michigan State, oh, he's going to reclass and try to get to the league. Problem with that is he's so young. Even if he reclass, he'd still have to play two years at Michigan State. So oh. I don't think he's going to reclass. Um, they just gave him his own prep school where his dad is the head Wait, coach. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. They like I did not after hear he announced. This. Yeah. So after after he announced he was going to Michigan State, 
then he released that he's going to this brand new prep school in Michigan that was basically being catered to him and his dad is the head coach. I, I for real worry about these kids. <laughs> I can't imagine having my own school at that, that young of an age. Um, and then the last one, Bronny James, I know that we're way out of here, but I, you can never tell, is there real hype around him as a, as an NBA prospect or is it too early? Like that they're just like, okay, let's let him see. Let's wait and see what happens. So the thing with Bronny is of course you see the pedigree with his dad no, of course. and he is a good player. Yeah. Um, I'm still 50, 50 on, um, I think he's going to be a pro regardless because of who he is yeah. and he has the ability. He picks up things so easily, mm. so easily. Like I've seen it in practice. I've been to a lot of Sierra Canyon practices. And so he has that <laughs> type of thing where he can just pick things up. So it's not necessarily, he has to work as hard as other players are going to have to work to reach that level because things come so easy to him on the court. Like okay. it's kind of incredible to watch, but he's still six two. Yeah. So it, he needs to grow. I don't know if he's gonna grow. I remember I like went out to Sierra Canyon. I was like, I gotta get eyes on Bronny. It's been yeah. like, it's been like four months. Like, has he grown? Has he, has he done here. anything? You know. <laughs> but tough. I'm gonna see him play. It's um at down in Dallas that when he plays Imani Bates, he's gonna play against Imani, and then I think Chet Holgram, who's the seven footer that you were right. referring to. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. They have a kid on on Bronny's team called Amari Bailey who's a 6-7 guard he's in a Bonnie basis class and he will be a good player to watch come on okay Amari Bailey awesome yeah I can't wait well Kristen you're the best in the biz especially when we start getting down into these high school kids which I think is going to become more and more important going forward getting you know finding out how these guys develop in their personalities and their character and all that stuff earlier in the process so Thank you so much for coming on. This was this is always a great conversation. Anytime. Thanks for having me. All right. You guys can check her out. I'll have the her Twitter handle in the description of the show. You can check out our, her mock drafts and all that stuff. Have a great weekend, everybody. Be safe out there. And we're going to be back again on Monday with brand new episodes. We'll see you all then.